Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. It's a special bowl preview slash post-Christmas show that we're excited for here. I'm your host, Alex, joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Holt Smash. What's up, Holt? Hey. Did you have a great Christmas? I had a very Merry Christmas. Uh did feel very old because my mom got me a vacuum cleaner for a present. And I wish I was kidding, but she actually got me. Well, I mean, the real question is, like, were you excited about it? A little bit, but it's only because, like, <laughs> only because, like, I knew I didn't have to spend that money on the vacuum cleaner later in life. Yeah, well, the, but, that's when you know. That's when you know is when you're excited about it. But I was, I was going to be all right with sweeping the floor for free for a while there. Because I would have done that for the time being until... Um, I got enough money to pay for a vacuum cleaner, realized that I could pay for a vacuum cleaner. Um, but anyway, I'm also joined by Mr. JB Brooks here, Holt, live and in person right next to me. Um, I'll let JB speak in a second before I introduce him officially. Holt, I just, I don't know how you live with him 24-7. He's already getting on my nerves, and I've only been around him a couple hours. Yeah, it's really a grind. Um, it's been nice, a uh, nice little vacation away from, uh, uh, you know, the Memphis area and kind of, you know, I love Dalton and JB, but it's good to be away a little bit. It's a marathon, not a sprint, is what I've come come to learn about JB. Yeah. JB, you got any words to say? Introduce yourself, defend yourself. I'm not going to defend myself with anything. I think I was just full of shit here. Well, actually, no, not full of shit. Full of shit. JB's got the jokes tonight, if you can't tell. Um, that that actually might be like a real thing, because we did just come off of a uh, – a full happy Mexican meal hole that you might be a little jelly of, but it was a club happy Mexican on a Thursday. So it was a extra special happy Mexican night tonight. Oh yeah. No, I always enjoy going to have Mexican when it turns into a club and yeah. I'm, I'm a little jealous you guys went, but you know, I mean, I live in Memphis now, so I can pretty much go whenever I want. For and, sure. um, you know, it's a solid place. Um, you know, I like lost D too. So a lot of good Mexican options in Memphis. We also have a special uh, co-producer here today and our boy Kyle um, from the M-Town who joined us at Heaven Mask. We picked him up and asked him if he wanted to do a little podcast with us tonight and he said sure. So um, Kyle probably is not going to say too many words, but he might uh, he might do some guest picking later. But if you want to say hey, Kyle, you can say hey. hey what's up, everyone? This is Kyle you know, from the M-Town. From the M-Town. Here with uh, JB Holden and Alex, and uh, we're all ready for that SEC to dominate the football playoff. Hell yeah. Um, whole smash, you're live in pretty destined Florida, I'm assuming, right? Still? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm here. Um, you know, I actually had to work a good bit this week, which kind of sucks, but I'm off tomorrow, so just looking forward to just relaxing and kick it back, get in the pool. Might go over to Buffalo Jacks, watch some of the games, and get some wings. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. For sure. You know, like I said earlier, it does pay to podcast. So if you ever thinking you're not going to be a good podcast, just look at Whole Smash now, enjoying the fruits of our labor and destined with all this great advertising money coming through. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I do want to apologize that we're a little late getting this bowl preview episode out. Um, you know, it's just with our travel schedules and Christmas schedules and all that. It was just hard to work things out, but uh, we're here now and uh, better late than never. And uh, no SEC games have been played yet, I don't believe. So most um, importantly, that's, that's why I agree with like, these are the most important games too. Like the bowl games have been played so far are not as important. I, I would think. So. JB, are you saying you don't care about Eastern Michigan playing whoever the hell they played today? Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
But uh, I think most people that are listening would probably care more about the games that we're going to talk about tonight and the picks that we're going to make. Am I right? Um, I would I would think so. But there are some true diehard college football fans like Cole Smash who probably cares a lot about Eastern Michigan. And yes, I mean, me and Holder both. It was a good game. It was a good game. And I'm, I'm proud of you because we said we were ready to podcast and it was a test because I was wondering – if you were going to be, if you were going to say like, let's wait for this pit game to be over with, because there's like ten seconds left when I texted that, but you had that uh, all under control and you waited it out until that game was over. Yeah, no, I was definitely very into it. Uh, kind of a, a fun game, but uh, Pitt came out with the win in the end. But uh, the the really exciting game today was the Louisiana or the Louisiana Tech Miami game, where Miami just got shut out, and then farther offensive coordinator like in the first quarter of the game. Yeah, they said that there was that report before the leaving. Yeah, there was there was a report before the game started, but after that, like, yeah, we'll see. Started. I I was confused because like I wasn't actually watching the first quarter of the game, and I saw the news break, and I thought the game had already started. So I was like, did this news break like during the game? No, it it broke out before the game, but obviously it's it did seem like that Enos had, Enos had pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like Enos, like the Duke's <laughs> character, but Enos. I, I pretty much Enos and mailed it in, like, you know, didn't even really care about this game. He was definitely checked out just by watching you, the offense. Yeah, today. you could also see on the sideline, him and Manny Diaz went at it a couple of times. And it was, it was actually kind of funny. It was entertaining more so than the game uh, when they started going at it, um, which I'm kind of curious because er, before this this season, everybody liked Enos as an offensive coordinator yeah, from Alabama. Jalen, right? I don't know, yeah. He, mean, made, he made Jalen Hurts a serviceable passer. How about that? Uh, Jalen Hurts has always been a good player. Just people like don't he's, think he's he was always a below average passer, but now he's somewhat serviceable in the passing game. But granted, he's not an NFL quarterback as far as throwing the football, but at least he's serviceable in the college level to go along with his athleticism and leadership. JB, I love you, but I disagree with your entire assessment there. Hey, and also, JB is is bros with Willie Gay Jr. Did you know that Holt? Apparently, apparently, he knows all about Willie Gay's personality and what he <laughs> wants out of life and everything. Do you want to tell us some background on that hold, or do you want to just get into that later? Because we can, we can like. I mean, it's up to you. Do you want to? Are we talking about games first? You want to talk about Mississippi quarterback getting knocked out of the bowl game, or what are we talking about? Um, we're gonna talk about a lot. So first of all, before we even talk about uh, Schrader getting punched, uh, let's talk about what you got. Well, not what you got for Christmas, but like what food you ate, because part of this podcast is also food and us being fat asses. We just shared our fat ass experience of going to having Mexican. So we're wondering what your fat ass experience was this Christmas. Oh man, it, it's been a lot. Um, it really it's has been. been. Um, True, truly, Mary. Yes. Um, you know, my grandmother or my my mom actually has kind of taken over the last few years, but um, always makes uh, like these sausage and cheese balls on Christmas Eve. I'm a very big fan of those. Um, my sister made some Grinch cookies that were basically just uh, butter, sugar, and M and M's, and they were. But they were green for some reason. I don't know how she did it, but um, anyway, it was really good. Ate like five hundred of those, you know. And then of course we had like the big feast with like ham and uh, like a potato casserole and uh, like a corn casserole type thing. Or I'm not really sure what you call it, but I mean we really had like pretty much everything. Um, it's been kind of a whirlwind of food. Um, I didn't even mention like a you know five percent of all the crap I've eaten this week. Uh, hey, but but shout, shout out to uh, shout out to my mom and my grandmother for working super hard to make sure we all had a ton to eat. Calories don't count at the beach, though. They don't count on Christmas either, so that's like double yeah. don't count. Yeah, so you can. Just it's almost like I lost calories this week. Yeah, there you go. Does that new diet start in twenty twenty? No, it starts uh, probably Monday. Yeah, not not Saturday. You gotta eat some good ass shit on for the playoff games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, may, maybe Sunday. I don't know. We'll see. So, SEC drama, um, besides the Mississippi State drama, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, our boy SEC Mike tweeted out, which I'm not sure if I love SEC Mike, but he does tweet out stuff that is very informative very quickly. Um, he was talking about how if he doesn't know if there's, like, a more dysfunctional team or more, like, dramatic team this year than Mississippi State. They've seen a long time, which I'm sure if, if it's funny that he said that coming from him because he's a Tennessee fan and any any like the last years of Butch was very dramatic so he um he's been through it yeah he's been through it for sure but um 
he was talking about this Mississippi State stuff. And the news broke today, Holt, that Schrader got punched by Willie Gay. But you were telling us that happened like a while ago, and it just surfaced today. Yeah, there's been rumors about it for about over a week. I don't actually think Mississippi State had practiced before today um, since Monday. I think they practiced on Monday and then left for Christmas break. And today, as we record, the 26th was their first actual practice. Um, but yeah, apparently there was an altercation between uh, Mississippi State's linebacker, Willie Gay, and they're supposed to be starting quarterback for the bowl game, Garrett Schrader. And Schrader got his eye punched and apparently it's – severe enough to where he's not going to be able to play in the bowl game. So, uh, you know, just when, you know, Joe Moorhead was trying to build some momentum with the egg bowl in and uh, actually had a really good signing day. Um, I will give him that. And uh, he really kind of made it seem like Schrader was really progressing and he was really excited about him and he was really looking forward to him playing in the bowl game. And, um, you know, now it's just kind of another step back. I, I don't know if this is really like a big knock against Moorhead specifically because, it did kind of happen like after practice and, you know, fights are going to happen. Obviously, you know, anyone who's been around, you know, sports and just competitive people in general, like stuff like this is just going to happen from time to time as much as it sucks. And I'm not making excuses for anybody, but, um, you know, definitely a, a tough situation. But my point is, I don't think you can really put too much of it on Moorhead, but um, it definitely just is just one more knock against him or one more thing people can use against him. Do you think in a fair fight, Schrader could beat up Willie Gay, or do you think it was a fair fight and what happened is the result of Willie Gay being more dominant <laughs> than Schrader? I have – I really don't know. Um, well, wait, wait, let's, let's ask our uh, – I would say – Let's ask JB. JB knows. He's his friend. What happened, JB? Um, Willie Gay just flat out beat the shit out of him. <laughs> JB was there. <laughs> yeah. JB's got all the inside details. Him and Willie Gay are boys. Here's here's what I'm wondering is even though Schrader's out, is anything really lost for Mississippi State besides like some um, team chemistry? Because Stevens was going to play sometime in the game anyway. I mean, that's what happens. I feel like every single game. Uh, I mean, usually what happens is Stevens starts and then he gets hurt. That's usually or throws an interception. That you yeah. Well, I mean, or he gets hurt and then throws an interception, and then later they try to act like he threw the interception because he was hurt, but. You know, you never really know. But, uh, yeah, so I expect, uh, you know, Stevens to get the start. He'll probably, you know, play halfway through the first quarter and then get hurt trying to slide or something. And then uh, they'll bring have to bring in Keaton, who uh, is 1-0 in his career against Louisville and actually beat Lamar Jackson, um, you know, head-to-head. So The only thing good Jomo has done – is that signing day and beating Ole Miss. But even then, beating Ole Miss was the uh, peeing on the field, really, not Jomo. Yeah. No, I mean, it, and Ole Miss is terrible, too. Like, it's not even, like, that impressive of a win. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, even, hey, even Memphis beat Ole Miss. That's like a group of five. Or, excuse me, Power 16. Power 6, P6. Um, but, hey, maybe, you know, weird things happen in college football. So, maybe maybe Mississippi State will come out like, hey, we just really got punched in the mouth. Now we're doing great. <laughs> we're ready to play. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody expected Mississippi State to be Louisville two years ago. I mean, that was after Dan yeah. Mullen had left and Nick Fitzgerald was hurt. Um, I don't think really anyone gave Mississippi State a chance to win that game, and they ended up winning. So, I mean, it's bowl games. Like, you really just have no idea what's going to happen. And, you know, Stevens has a lot of experience in – um, he's played a lot this year, so it's not going to be like, you know, they're playing like a true freshman or anything like that. The other off-field off drama, uh, which is not necessarily drama, it's a bad thing. Good it, news. Good news is Arkansas's getting their staff together, as in Sam Pittman's getting their staff together. Um, JB, do you like what they're doing, Arkansas, with Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles? Absolutely. I mean, Sam Pittman, I think, knows, like, you know, it's his first time, you know, being a head coach. And I think surrounding himself with elite coordinators is really the best thing that he could do. I mean, that's what Orgeron did when he got his job with LSU. Of course, that was a second gig. But I think, you know, Pittman is going to be the CEO type coach of the program. I, I, that's the vibe I get from Pittman. He's going to be the face of the program. He's going to be the lead recruiter. Well, don't forget the yes, sir thing. He's got to do that, too. He's going to do yes, sir. But also, um, you know, they're going to have a – He's going to be a CEO-type head coach. He's going to let his assistants do the coaching. He's going to have a solid defense with Odom. And Kendall Bryles is very innovative. And you combine that with, uh, you know, 
Pittman's ability to coach an awesome offensive line. I mean, Arkansas and, and of course, with Rakeem, Pittman, Rakeem Boyd's coming back. Rakeem Boyd's back for another year. I mean, of course, we know how awesome of a recruiter Pittman is, like I said. I mean, I think Arkansas has really been winning the offseason by their standards. I mean, they've been – this is as good of an offseason they've had in a long time. I understand Barry Odom being good as a defensive coordinator, but I don't understand Kendall Bras why everybody loves him so much. He wasn't great at Florida State, or am I wrong? I mean, Florida State, he didn't really inherit a really good situation there. Like, well, the how was, long was he there for? This, for one year. This last year? Yeah, but I mean, this, that team didn't have any chemistry either. I mean, Willie Taggart just never really had are control we, of the team. He never had his team bought in either. Are we saying Kendall Riles is what made FAU so good, or was that not Lane Kiffin there? Well, he was only there for Kiffin's first year. I mean, their offense did. was really good that year. But also, Kiffin's, Kiffin's offensive mind, not Kendall Riles. Kendall no, Riles is mine. Well, yeah, but. Kendall Bryles is getting the last name treatment as well. Well, he also runs the same system that Art Bryles ran at Baylor. That's what I'm saying. Was... I think it's just the last name is that everybody gets so hyped. Oh, do you do you like Kendall Bryles as much as everyone else, or is there is there um, <laughs> should there be some more resistance against him being just a great offensive coordinator? Well, it's come off. It's the, the shine has come off a little bit the last few years as far as him as a play caller. Obviously, you know, there's the off the field stuff, which you know I don't think we really want to dive into because it's not really you know our specialty, but. Uh, you know, I I think he's, you know, I don't want to say, like, taking a step back, but, um, you know, wasn't outstanding at Florida State, um, you know. And, I mean, he was good at FAU in his one year there. Um, so, I, I think that, you know, he was rumored for some bigger jobs, and I don't know if he ever actually got offered any of those jobs. And part of me just kind of wonders if, you know, maybe some things that happened at Florida State um, may have an effect on that. I don't know. But, you know, I think pretty much anything is going to be better than what they've been doing on offense. And they've got some really good young receivers, you know, as, you know, we say Trey Knox and – God, what's the other guy's name? I totally just drew a blank. But, uh, you know, then they got Rakeem Boyd coming back. So, the real question is just going to be can they find a quarterback? You know, I mean, I think Sam Pittman is going to find a way to, you know, make sure that offensive line. But uh, they need a quarterback. And I don't know what grad transfers are going to be available, but they should be seeking, you know, any and all – uh, possibilities because uh, they really need a quarterback and they're not going to, you know, take that next step forward on offense that quarterback. I don't care who the coordinator is or who the offensive line coach is or, you know, how good some of those young receivers are. Like, you know, they need a quarterback. Yeah, the thing that's funny about that is that Arkansas fans are probably not even going to be open to the idea of having another grad transfer quarterback considering they had two of them brought in last year that were shitty, you know, utmost, shitty. utmost shitty. failures. You shitty. Know? And both of them were successful at their previous stops too. I, mean, I don't know if I'd say Starkle was successful, but he was obviously highly talented. Who's the who's the quarterback uh, from West Kentucky that beat him? That was high story. Yeah, that was high story. story. They, he was he was forced out, so then they could make room for Starkle and and Ben Hicks. And of course, Ben Hicks put up huge numbers at SMU and under Chad Morris in his system. Yeah. And of course, both of them were failures. So I hope I don't know if Arkansas fans would be as welcome to a grad transfer, even though I do think that would be the best route for Pittman and going into his first season until he can get a quarterback that uh, you can have under Kendall Bryles to uh, basically have him groomed. This honestly might be like one of the biggest, um, biggest rebuild jobs that there has been in the SEC in a while with Arkansas, how bad they are right now. They, they're not recruiting well. I mean, they are, but they're not, um, especially related relative to the SEC. But um, they were just so bad last year, and they're going to be bad next year. But I say that, and I think that I just feel like you can compete better than you did this past year. But it's just it's still going to be a long uphill battle, and they're going to be bad for a couple years at least, I think. Yeah, it's definitely a huge rebuilding job. I mean, I think Arkansas fans know they have their guy in Pittman. I think they're going to give this guy a little more time than they gave Chad Morris. I mean, I, I, I just never was really bought into Chad Morris. I just don't think he was a good fit for the program, but I really like this bold hire Pittman. Like he's not—he's never been a head coach, but he's highly respected all around the world of college football. And I think that you know, with the staff that he's hiring, the moves he's made, and knowing how good of a recruiter he is, I think he is going to really help this Arkansas program. And obviously, with the staff he has in place that's coming, especially with his coordinator hires, Arkansas will be back to uh, be a competitive program sooner rather than later. All right, let's talk about some of the bowl games. Uh, I think that's all the drama for now. There's probably going to be more after the bowl games, but um, there's a lot of bowl games to cover that we want to make sure we get to. So let's just start off with the big ones for now. Uh, let's start off with the playoffs with Oklahoma and LSU. Holt match. I know you knew that Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in college football this year. Did you know he's also the best college football quarterback that can play basketball as well? 
Um, no. Are you? Did you see something on Sports Center that made you say that, or like? Yeah, what, I guess I'm the you... only one who saw. I, I'm the one who saw this because I asked, I talked to JB about it and and our producer Kyle, and they didn't know about it either. Um, there's a video surfacing right now of him just draining some shots, um, as in basketball shots. Uh, you know how like during before the actual bowl games, like they have little like games or festivities between the teams, like they do like like I don't know if you saw that Eastern Michigan thing where they they threw like the football at the bowling pin, but they had um, like a little basketball competition between Oklahoma and LSU and um, Joe Burrow. It was like basically alternating between free throws and three point shots, and it was just nailing them, and it looked really good. But I guess you had to be there to watch it whole. Yeah, well, I did see that uh, SEC Network spent like you know they like three or four hours today dedicated to just nothing but LSU and Joe Burrow. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you know. That's your prize horse. You got to talk about them. That's, that's yeah. The best team. They were doing like media day specials too, like on ESPNU, and then SEC Network was uh, present at media days only for the uh, LSU Oklahoma game. Of course, uh, that's probably what you were seeing. Also, like I like Coach O just as much as everyone else, but like literally anything he says, I was oh my god, this is so great. This is the best thing ever. He's a he's a treasure to college football, and like I agree with that. But like I mean, if he says like hey and go Tigers every single time, you don't have to like. You know, jizz in your pants or anything. Yeah, I mean that's sort of how I feel too. It's it's getting a little bit old, and that's a good thing I would like about our podcast. Is we're not just going to sit here and jerk off LSU for you know an hour. No, just like thirty minutes, maybe not an hour. Um, although our producer Kyle has told us earlier that he hates he hates LSU. He said he hates Ohio State, which is why why we let him in the door. But then he said he hates LSU. I don't know why we're keeping him around now. But um, to each their own, I guess. So LSU Oklahoma Holt. Um, does Oklahoma have a chance? Because nobody's given them a chance. And I, I mean, I know we have to be pro LSU here, but I would be. It would be fun to see a Jalen Hurts comeback story that would be capped off by a uh, championship game. Or championship. Yeah, yeah, it definitely would. And I mean, you know, we said this on the last podcast, or I mean, I said this on the last podcast about you know, it's no secret that Oklahoma is the fourth best team out of the three teams. You know, out of the four teams in the playoff, uh, the other three teams have really you know, establish themselves as better teams in Oklahoma. So this game is kind of looked at as sort of like the, you know, the easy win, but it's still, it's definitely not going to be an easy win for LSU. Oklahoma is a really good football team. You know, Jalen Hurts is a really talented quarterback. Uh, he's very familiar with Dave Randa's defense. And, um, you know, I know that the Big 12 is a little bit different, um, but Oklahoma has really run the ball very effectively this year, especially with Jalen Hurts. Um, Jalen Hurts has over 1,200 yards rushing this year and 18 touchdowns. I mean, that's better than uh, a, a lot of running backs. I mean, he he's actually really close to uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, on the Who ground. Who might not be playing. Yeah, also, yeah, also true. Um, you know, you wonder how that's going to affect the game as well. So, um, you know, I mean, Oklahoma's had a lot of time to, uh, you know, put together some I mean, I guess both teams have had opportunities to put together some defensive packages. But, um, you know, I, I look at this game, and I think a lot of people think it's going to be a blowout. But I w- wouldn't be surprised at all if Oklahoma made this a really close game. And, you know, Lincoln Riley, what he's able to do offensively. And, you know, if Jalen Hurts comes out and he's, you know, making his throws, then this definitely could be a good game because, you know, we've seen LSU's defense struggle at times this year. And, um, you know, I think Oklahoma's offense may be able to do enough to keep – keep up with LSU's offense and keep the game close. And especially if Edwards Hilaire isn't playing, which I, I still expect him to play, but um, if he's not playing, um, you know, you have to wonder about LSU's ability to run the ball, um, you know, when they need to. Yeah. Uh, JB's been thumbing through the stats while you've been talking, not listening to a word you're saying. Old, I'll but but um, I'll set JB up here because he wants to talk about this game for a second. Um, JB, I guess you were noticing the stats here. What 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 jumps out at you? Well, not just that, but I mean, yeah, the offensively uh, stats like LSU is like point one uh, yards better than Oklahoma. It's still like but, five fifty four. Yes, but like the, the the glaring stat that I noticed and the stat from last year is that you know how bad Oklahoma's offense was last year, and the narrative last year was when they played Alabama in the, in the college football playoff was that Oklahoma, you know, was going to be able to you know you know, score their score some points, but they were going to get stopped. On the other side, Alabama was going to be able to score endlessly because Oklahoma's defense was so glaringly bad. But this year's Oklahoma's defense has been somewhat serviceable, and you can thank Alex Grinch for uh, coming in and uh, 
thank me for saying. <laughs> no, no, but you, thank but you, Alex, for fun. fixing Oklahoma's defense. Yeah. But you know, the Grinch has done a really great job with, uh, you know, with this Oklahoma defense that was just cataclysmically bad last season. But this year, it's serviceable, and they played, you know, in the Big Twelve, which is an offensive-heavy conference. So, yeah, I actually think Oklahoma has a decent shot in this one. I mean, with the Jalen Hurts factor, but also because I think this defense will be able to, like, maybe get a stop or two here and, you know, maybe one or two stops, you know, in the entire game. I think LSU is still going to score the majority of the time, but if Oklahoma can get at least one or two stops, if they can have, if Lincoln Riley and Hurts can have a great game plan to uh, keep LSU's offense off the field by, you know, using their power run game, this game could be a lot closer than people are expecting. Like, I, I do think LSU is definitely, the, you know, obviously the uh, way better team here. But Oklahoma, I think if Lincoln Riley is going to have a pretty good game plan, that I think this game could be kept close. Oh, we, everybody talks about Jalen Hurts versus Joe Burrow. Tell me about the receivers because these receivers are really good too. The top receiver for Oklahoma's Lamb and Chase for LSU. They're like probably the top – I wouldn't say maybe the, not the top two receivers in college football, but they're like definitely both top ten. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. There's so many good wide receivers in college football this year. And these are two of the best ones. Um, two top five receivers. Yeah, and I mean, obviously Jefferson for LSU is, is also a big-time playmaker. Um, you know, CeeDee Lamb is going to be more the focus of the Oklahoma passing game. Um, he's had to miss a few games due to injury, so that's why his numbers are, you know, maybe slightly down compared to Chase. But um, CeeDee Lamb, in my opinion, is one of the best players in the entire country, uh, really exciting playmaker. And um, it's going to be really hard for LSU to contain him. But, you know, LSU's got some dudes on, you know, in the defensive backfield as well with Stingley and Delpit. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they how they want to play it with uh, with C.D. Lamb. Do they try to double team him or do they try to, you know, maybe put a safety to his side or do they just match him up with Stingley one on one? Like how, how do they how does Randall want to handle it? Um, and I think that's going to be huge in this game because if C.D. Lamb doesn't have a big game, then I don't know how Oklahoma's going to win the game. I think. They're going to have to get Jalen Hurts, you know, like we talked about, uh, going on the ground. But then they're going to have to be looking for C.D. Lamb as well. They're going to have to do both of those things, I think, to keep up with LSU's offense. Yeah, that for sure. But I, I think the biggest thing is that Oklahoma's going to have to adapt and, uh, and not be at the hurry-up offense that, you know, we're accustomed to seeing with Oklahoma. I really think they're going to have to stay on the field longer to keep LSU's dynamic offense off the field because you know how – I mean, I just think that's really going to be Oklahoma's best chance in this game is keeping LSU off the field and just using their power run game with Jalen Hurts and hopefully getting that going. Holt, does uh, Lincoln Riley winning the college football playoff and bolting for the NFL coaching Dak and the Cowboys excite you at all? Uh, I mean, the second part excites me a little bit. Um, (laughs) Not not beating LSU. Okay, I got you. But him possibly bolting for the NFL and especially for the Cowboys – um, they've thrown that out a lot, and it'd be kind of fun to watch um, him coach the Cowboys, I guess. But just wondering if you have uh, entertained that possibility, especially as a Dak slash Cowboys fan now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely – that would definitely be really cool. Um, I don't know if he would be their best option, but, you know, with, Urban Meyer's all with there. the way – yeah, that would actually be pretty exciting too. But, uh, you know, with the way that NFL teams are trying to go now, um, hiring a lot of, you know, young offensive-minded college coaches. You know, Lincoln Raleigh definitely seems like, uh, you know, the next one. Um, maybe they'll try to hire Nick Saban. And then at that point, it, well, maybe they'll hire Lincoln Raleigh and then uh, Joe Moe can go coach Oklahoma because, like, they'll probably steal him from State. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, man, I'll help, I'll help him pack his bags. You can get Bill Clark at UAB just like you always wanted. <laughs> It'll be a dream come true. Although UAB did lose to uh, App State in the bowl game poll, so I don't know if you're still hot on Bill Clark like you used to be. I'm still yeah. hot on him. Well, this still, like this is the thing, and like me and JB have been saying this all year, and like I don't know if you've been listening, but like this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for UAB. Like they lost like their entire team last year, and he still went to the conference championship game. You know, still made it to a decent bowl game. Uh, you know, really good season for you know Bill Clark and what he was able to do um, with the situation he was dealt. Um, you know, their schedule was pretty easy. I will give them that. And when they had to play good teams, they didn't necessarily play that well. But just the fact that they lost so much off of last year's team and were still able to make the conference championship game this year, I mean, that really says a lot. And uh, I'm still very high on Bill Clark. 
Yeah, and when Bill Clark arrived at UAP, that program was just nothing but losers. I God mean, dang, JV. they had never won any. They had never won in their entire history of that. Man, I hope. I hope program. there's Jesus. I hope there's no like former UAB players listening to this podcast. Well, I mean, I'm just telling the cold hard truth. Fuck I mean, them anyway. <laughs> like they, they they were never winners. They never won. But then Bill Clark gets there, and they instantly turn around, and then they shut the program down after he gets JB, there. JB, calm down. Time. Jesus, what did you give him, Alex? I um I like when like non athletes call athletes losers. It's like the funniest thing ever. I'm not calling the uh, players losers. I'm just calling the program itself. Like it was just you said it was you said it was a program of losers. Yeah, I mean it's the program was full of apathy. Like fans didn't care, the administration didn't care. That's why they shut it down after Bill Clark had finally turned around when he took over, and then they realized, oh my God, this is a mistake. We should bring this back. They bring it back the second stint for Bill Clark, and then he. It gets the ball rolling immediately again. Didn't Tennessee beat UAB this year, right? They did. Yeah. Was, I don't know. It was like, did you do the, like, did they do something to you? <laughs> Put a voodoo hex on me? Yeah, they had something. You don't <laughs> like them. Let's talk about the other playoff game before we get into the SEC championship game. We'll talk a little bit shorter about this one. But uh, this Clemson-Ohio State game hold, I think, is actually going to be more exciting. Probably the most exciting game to me, uh, just because both these teams uh, look unstoppable. Clemson plays shitty teams, and everybody talks about that, but – they look like they're peaking at the right time. And Ohio State um, just has beat the shit out of everyone they play pretty much. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, Clemson hasn't really been tested all this year. Um, and I just wonder how that's going to affect them if this is a close game, you know, kind of like in the fourth quarter. Um, I know Clemson had the close game against North Carolina, but I don't think they were ever really in danger of losing that game. Um, I feel like it was, you know, they, they pretty much had the lead the entire game. Um, you know, Ohio State has had to battle back for some deficits, um, you know, specifically the Commerce Championship game against Wisconsin. Um, you know, so they, they've they've had to fight through some games and uh, they've had to fight through some fourth quarters. And, um, you know, they, they have that experience. You know, Clemson, you know, all their experience is based off of last year. Um, and you just wonder, like, if they're put in that position, how are they going to respond? Uh, that being said, I do feel like Clemson is the more complete team. Um, I just think that they don't really have a weakness that I can see. Maybe that's just because they haven't played a team good enough to exploit that weakness. Um, but, uh, you know, that's sort of how I'm feeling about this game is I, I like Clemson more, but I know that Ohio State has been through the battles, and I know, you know, that they have confidence in what they're doing when things maybe don't go great uh, like they have been going for Clemson all year. Jamie, does it worry you that Justin Fields is, quote, 80 to 85% for this game? And to me, it just seems like he's already trying to, like, pussy out. No, I'm not worried about it at all. I think it's really just, you know, player speak on his part. Like, I mean, honestly, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. I mean, they got the trainers that they have nowadays are going to get him, have him ready to go. He's going to have to be full of adrenaline, too. Like, he'll be 100% by game time. Of course, about, maybe by the time he takes a few hits, you know, he may not be so good. But – as Holt was saying, like, these two teams really are evenly matched. I mean, they're both outstanding on defense. They're both really awesome on offense. I probably would lean to Clemson's offense a little bit more. But, I mean, look at the playmakers that Ohio State has, especially on the defensive line. And then, you know, Clemson, like, Brent Venables has done an outstanding job replacing their entire defensive line from last year that are all in the NFL now. And they come back this year, and their run defense is tops in the country. I mean, it's, a, it's an outstanding what he's done, too. So, I'm, I'm really excited for this game. I mean, Clemson's already been there before. You know, last year they won it all. They got all their same playmakers on offense from last year back. But like Holt said, and I agree, and I've noticed, like, Ohio State has been more battle-tested this year. They played a much more difficult schedule than a more difficult conference in the Big Ten. Clemson's, what, biggest game that year was maybe at North Carolina back in October. That was their closest battle they had in which they had to win a close win. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, they haven't really faced stiff competition. Yeah, how times have changed. ACC used to be one of the premier conferences, and it changes from year to year, I guess. But um, they are so shitty this year, especially yeah. they didn't have Clemson. Like, honestly, the American would be better than the ACC if they didn't have Clemson. Yeah, I mean, the worst part of the ACC. Yeah, yeah Miami's down. Florida State's down. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the problem. Florida State and Miami, too, you know, perennial ACC powers are down. Virginia Tech, who is a, you know, mid-power, you know, it was like an average team this year. Virginia was an average team. You know, Wake Forest had an above average year going eight and four, but there was not a true challenger for Clemson. Like they, they ran the table and it was with ease. They did. They did. Oh man, it's getting almost past my bedtime. Hold here. 
uh, Eastern time zones catching up with me here. Um, the Sugar Bowl, um, I'll direct this to JB. Uh, we'll switch this up. Oh, you can follow up with this. This, uh, this game should be a Georgia easy win with a uh, six-point favorite, but it does remind me a lot last year when Georgia was supposed to beat the shit out of Texas and they lost to Texas, and that's when Texas truly was back. Right, and, you know, I will say this. Last year, last year, my, my trap game last year that I was really, really worried about was UCF and LSU, and I worried about LSU's motivation going into it. And then they came out, and they weren't even flat. I mean, they were flat maybe for they a quarter. Were, they were. You for a quarter. Strong. They did. But that was also UCF Super Bowl, too. Yeah. But LSU, you know, eventually, you know, got things going, and then they dominated the last three quarters. The biggest thing I have for this is that, you know, the Sugar Bowl, Baylor is going to be highly motivated going into this one. I mean, they've got – Matt Rule's got the ball rolling in Waco. Uh, there's a lot of enthusiasm there. They've overexceeded expectations this year. And then on the flip side, you got a Georgia team that just lost – Big time in the SEC championship to a really superior LSU team that dominated on on both sides of the ball in every facet of the game, and then you got some players from Georgia that are possibly sitting out this game. Two offensive tackles that are sitting out and are not even playing. Uh, there's also the rumors of DeAndre Swift not even playing either, and of course you know if Jake Fromm is his head really going to be in this game, he might be already looking to the NFL. And of course you know James Coley, he's got. I don't know if I've seen some rumors on him that he might actually be leaving after this year, too. I mean, I just don't know how focused this Georgia team's going to be, and that's my biggest worry with them. Obviously, on paper, they are way more talented than Baylor, but Baylor, to me, just has the momentum at the moment, and they're going to be – I think they're going to be really focused and prepared. And if Georgia doesn't, you know, prepare like 100%, Baylor's going to – I'd actually be a little worried that Baylor can come and win this one by double digits. I'm not even kidding. Oh, where does this game – measure on your compass meter for the bowl pick because i think it was like what zero to one to 40 points is what your like compass meter could have been yeah i believe it's um like somewhere in the 20s for georgia um you know i I don't feel great about it but i still feel pretty good i think the one thing that baylor really has gone against them is the fact that georgia lost this game last year um i think that you know it kind of it kind of you know um you know (laughs) What am I trying to say? Goodness, they, they're they're better. That's what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, I I swear. Sometimes like I have to work my way through a thought, and it's just like not good, uh, not good podcast. But uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, Chevy like that one. Yeah, that was a good one, Alex. Congrats. Um, I know. <laughs> but uh, I just don't know if they're gonna make the same mistake two years in a row. Um, you know, I think they're gonna oh. come into this game motivated and excited. Um. But, you know, that being said, their offense just isn't very good, and Baylor's defense actually is pretty good. So I definitely expect a really low-scoring game in this one. Um, the over-under is 41-and-a-half, and I'd probably still take the under on that. Um, I just don't know which team is really going to be able to score. Um, neither offense has really been that impressive this year. Um, you know, with Georgia, we don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball, you know, without Swift, without those offensive linemen. Um, and, you know, Baylor's defense has been really solid this year. Um, you know, the real question is from, I think that's kind of the key to the game. How well does he play? I don't think he's really looking forward to the draft at all. I think his head's going to be in this game. Uh, he really struggled in this game last year. Um, so I expect a good game from Jake from, but, uh, I still expect a low scoring game. And, um, but I think Georgia is going to be able to sneak out with it. Yeah. Um, I actually would agree with you, Holt. I think I think Georgia's defense is um, too good. I mean, I guess that's an easy answer, but I'm not the analyst like y'all are. I'm just the just the host, the talker here. Don't sell yourself uh, short, Alex. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm the big analyst. Uh, I think Memphis is going to win the Cotton Bowl. Don't sell yourself short, Alex. You're a tremendous slouch. Slouch. Um, let's talk about other games real quick. Uh, Citrus Bowl, Michigan and Alabama. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think um, JB had Michigan in the playoff against Alabama this year. I did actually. Yeah. That was my that was my one versus four matchup, and my God, how badly did I miss on this one? I mean, they both end up in the first game out of the playoff. I guess you know. Well, two got hurt. Well, out of the uh, New Year's Six. Yeah. Let's just call I mean, it. yeah, I would I would say that. I mean, I think if Tua doesn't get hurt, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I still think LSU is the better team than Alabama this year. I mean, Al- LSU's defense was better than Alabama's when they put it together, and I, I actually would say LSU's offense is better than Alabama's offense too. LSU. <laughs> had a better running game than Alabama had. And passing game would maybe, you know, of a draw. But, I mean, running the ball, LSU was superior to Alabama. But, like I said, I mean, Alabama still 
underachieved this year and making it, you know, to the Citrus Bowl. Granted, they had some injuries, but on the flip side, I mean, look at Michigan. I mean, this was supposed to be their year, too. I mean, Alabama's always had their year. Shea Patterson being a senior. Yeah, Patterson being a senior. Urban Meyer was gone. Yeah, of course, Urban Meyer was gone. You know, this was supposed to be their year to take over the division and win the Big Ten. Um, What I would question you hold here is if Michigan does beat Alabama in this game, does Harbaugh validate himself as, like, a legitimate coach? Are we still going to have, like, that question? I mean, I think he's going to try to make it validate him. I mean, I think that's the main reason why I think Michigan could win this game is because I think that – this is a chance for Harbaugh to, you know, take another step, sort of. Um, you know, he still hasn't beaten Ohio State. He still hasn't made it to the playoff or won the Big Ten. Um, and they lost to Florida last year. That was a horrible loss last yeah, year. Yeah, it was. Florida. And, you know, this is really a chance for him. You know, if they beat Alabama, like, I feel like that's something that their fans can really get behind and something that can kind of, you know, maybe change the momentum of the program and change the mood around the program. Um, so I definitely expect Harbaugh to – you know, I mean, obviously, you're always going to do everything you can to win the game, but I just feel like there's a, a little extra motivation there uh, for Michigan in this game. And for Alabama, like, you know, they're not in the playoff. I just don't know what their motivation is. Um, it looks like they're not going to have the playoff. Yeah, it looks like they're not going to have too many players sitting out. Um, obviously, two is still out with the injury, so Mac Jones is going to be playing, but he played really well against Auburn. Um, had a really good game aside from, you know, the two interceptions, which one of them. You know, was really bad. The other one was, you know, uh, not as bad. Uh, but uh, either way, um, the real question in this game is uh, the two offenses. Um, you know, Alabama's offense has been uh, pretty – a little bit better, uh, maybe more than a little bit better. They've just been better uh, than Michigan. Uh, Michigan's still averaging 400 yards of offense a game. Alabama averaging almost 515. Um so, but obviously a lot of that was with Tua. And, um, you know, the defense is Michigan has a slight edge, but, um, you know, I still feel like I like Alabama just a little bit more on the defensive side. And, um, I mean, man, this game could really go either way. I mean, it really comes down to if Alabama shows up or not, because I think Michigan's going to show it to play. I feel like that's a bitch call whenever you say, like, oh, this is a tough one. It'd go either way. I'll answer Holt's question on Alabama. I think Alabama is going to show up to play in this game. Because Saban is Saban. Is that what we're saying? Saban is Saban. And I just – these players have a lot to prove, too. And Saban's going to have his guys ready. I I, I feel confident that Alabama's going to show up here. They don't want to get embarrassed. Yeah, I, I mean, Nick Saban's just a highly great motivator. And, I mean, there's bullets and more material that Harbaugh has said about the SEC and about Alabama that I just – I just know I, I believe in my heart that Saban's gonna have his team ready for this one. Yeah, maybe uh maybe we'll bring Enos back as a as an analyst. He'll like fire Butch. Analyst. He can fire Butch now. <laughs> or Butch no, no, you can just create another analyst position. No, I think I think you got to get Butch out. Butch has got to move on to bigger and better things. He's like, sorry, Butch, you've been here for two years now. You've had your chances. You got to. No, no, I'll get you coffee more. I'll make sure to get you Starbucks coffee and not Dunkin'. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Um. All right, so JB wants to talk about Minnesota Auburn, so I guess that's what we'll talk about. Um, which is, by the way, the game I was going to talk about. Um, yeah, it's uh, this. But, I just want to say this one's really tough, and it could go either way. Holt's <laughs> a funny guy. Um, yeah, this one I had. I don't. I didn't have it forty points Holt, but I had it over twenty for sure. I think it was like in the thirties. I had Auburn winning this game pretty easily. Kyle agrees with me. JB agrees with me. So Holt, yeah, yeah, he's saying the defense. Yeah, I agree with you as well. You know, Minnesota just lost their offensive coordinator to uh, Penn State. Um, I don't know if he's supposed to be coaching this game or not, but either way, it's going to be uh, kind of a weird situation. Um, you know, Auburn finished the season pretty strong. Obviously, got the Iron Bowl win, and uh, but you know, Minnesota's no one to sleep on. I mean, they they got a pretty good offense. They got some really good receivers. Um, you know, so I. This is a really tough game, and it could go either way. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, I just feel like Auburn is just a little bit more well-rounded as a team. Uh, they just got a lot more talent overall, and a lot more speed. And um, you know, I think Auburn's defensive line is you know something that Minnesota hasn't seen too much this year, and 
uh, there's something that can really give that offense some problems. I know Minnesota beat Penn State earlier this year, but to me they're kind of like fake good. I don't really consider them elite, JB. No, not yet. I mean, let's don't get me wrong. P.J. Fleck has done a tremendous job, you know, making this Minnesota program relevant this year, especially this year in the Big Ten. But they have not faced a team like this Auburn team that's coming into this game. Auburn's defensive line, I mean, it's just absolutely outstanding. And I, I think that Gus Malzahn going to have a really good game plan to uh, have this offense be productive against this Minnesota defense, too. I really think Auburn's going to steamroll Minnesota in this game. I mean, plus I talked to a source that is – from Minneapolis and has watched this Minnesota team up close and personal a few times this year. And he thinks that Auburn is the worst matchup that uh, Minnesota could have had in bowl season on the SEC slide. And he actually thinks he, he believes that uh, Auburn is going to uh, win this one handily. JB does have the scoop hold, so watch out. Watch out for yeah. his scoop. JB does have a lot of sources. He does have a lot of sources. Um, other bowl games. The Belk Bowl, the famous Belk Bowl. Hold, is the Belk Twitter account the best bowl Twitter account there is? I mean, they're definitely the most famous. I feel like some other ones have caught up, but. Is there, like, the Cheez-It Bowl? Is, like, that a, that Twitter account good, or is that just, like, the, like, kind of known that it's, like, a good bowl game or something? I don't know. I just feel like I know about the Cheez-It Bowl more than I should. Um, I don't know about their Twitter presence. Um, I do know that they had a really good game last year. Um, but that being said, the Belk Bowl this year, um, it's pretty exciting. Obviously, um, you know, the greatest player in college football uh, will be showcasing, showcasing his skill set, uh, Limbo and Jr., um, the quarterback for Kentucky, who's rushed for about 6,000 yards this year and about, approximately. about, approximately. about 480 touchdowns approximately. Um, but no. Should have been high. Yeah, really should have been invited to New York. I think it's kind of messed up that he wasn't. Um, but we also got Bud Foster with the month to prepare for him. Um, coaching his last game as defense coordinator, Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech finished the season, uh, you know, they started to finish strong and then they uh, lost at Virginia in the last game of the season. They just, uh, they don't know what team they want to be. They, they really problem. don't. Uh, almost said they finished strong, but then they actually didn't because they lost their last game. So they, they acted like they were about to finish strong and then they actually didn't. As um, a pump thing. Yeah. So I don't know what this means for the bowl game. But, uh, you know, I can't go against Limbo. And, I mean, I just feel like he's pretty much an unstoppable force at this time. And I don't care if it's Nick Saban and Urban Meyer on the other coaching, you know, or Bill Belichick. It, it just doesn't matter. You're not going to stop him. Or Joe Moe, for that matter. Um, oh, are you becoming a Lynn Bowden only fan or a Lynn Bowden and Kentucky fan? I don't want you to, like, overstep your boundaries as a state man. I know – Kentucky has that rivalry with Mississippi State every year, so I don't want you to overstep your boundary here. Yeah, I'm not worried about overstepping anything personally, um, but I can just tell you that Lynn Bowden is a beast. He leads Kentucky in rushing and receiving, uh, but not but so, but not passing, even though he's been the quarterback for almost the whole year now. If if he asked you to jump, you would say how high? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, I'm just telling you that if I saw him, I'd ask him for his autograph, and I'd tell him that he should have been invited <laughs> to New York. <laughs> Excuse me, excuse me, sir. Can I get my autograph, your autograph and picture with you? Even though I'm like five years older than you, that's what's uh, weird now is that we're we're older than the players. It's not like you're young. You're like it's a, it's okay to get a autograph or picture with the players. Now it just feels kind of weird. Definitely, <laughs> but not for everyone. Just for some, like Schrader, it would be weird. Lim Bowden, not so weird because it's Lim Bowden. Um, other bowl games, Holt um, and JB. Let's talk about the Indiana Tennessee game, JB. Um, you know, Tennessee is favored by one and a half points, but I think in the bowl pick them, more people picked Indiana in this game. Yeah, that actually surprises me a little bit. I actually think this is – Actually. Yeah, I think this is really – I mean, I think I think a lot of people when they're picking this game, they're looking at Tennessee from the first two games of the year when they lost to Georgia State and BYU. And I have to tell a lot of folks, this is not the same Tennessee team that lost to those two teams. But if you just go pe- look past those two games and look at the actual matchup top to bottom, I mean, Tennessee is definitely more talented on both sides of the ball. And when you looked at Indiana's schedule, they finished eight and four. But look at their schedule and the teams that they beat. They did not beat a single team with a winning record. They played Penn State close, though. I guess you can say they played Penn State close. But my point being is they that didn't lose. State. They won. They won the games that they were supposed to win. But they yeah. they didn't beat anybody with a winning record. Well, I would also argue this that uh, Tennessee did beat Kentucky and like finished off strong. 
but they didn't look they they didn't look great. They I mean, they weren't great. they, they weren't world great. beaters. I mean, they did blow out South Carolina, which was they went not ugly games. They won games ugly, yes, but I mean, they did have over 500 yards of offense against Missouri. But That's my point game. being is that uh, what that doesn't count. Missouri's not a real team. You know, Missouri's defense was uh, top 20 in the country, FYI. But not I'm not even trying to sound like a Tennessee homer whatsoever. But um, I actually think this was the best matchup Tennessee could have gotten in bowl season compared to some of the other matchups they've you know, could have had, especially if they got in Michigan. I think they would have been a little outmatched in that one. But Indiana is, is the best matchup Tennessee could have drawn. And I think Tennessee matches up really well with them, especially with Tennessee's defense and uh, their corners that they have. I think they're going to be able to uh, match up toe-to-toe with Indiana's receivers. And I think Tennessee on offense, uh, they're going to have a good game plan to uh, have a really balanced attack against that Indiana defense. And I, I feel confident in, t- in Tennessee in this one. They're not the highest confidence meter of all the SEC teams in bowl season, but they're definitely like mid-pack or higher as far as confidence meter, like probably three out of five. Oh, we're pro SEC, but can we still root against Tennessee in this game? Um, yeah, I definitely will be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you going to watch this with JB and like root against Tennessee out loud? Probably not. Um, yeah, that's not but slow. But I, um, you know, I think you guys are maybe sleeping on Indiana just a little bit. Um, I, I don't if you, if you guys <laughs> – if you guys have been keeping up with the Indiana season this year, um, you know that they they're a really competitive team. Uh, they play really hard. They're a very aggressive team, and uh, pretty much every coach after they play Indiana always talks about how hard they play and how disciplined they play. And um, their offense was actually pr- pretty solid this year. Um, you know, averages close to you know over 440 yards of offense per game. Um, so. They're definitely no slouches on offense. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Indiana won this game. Um, you know, I think Tennessee, you know, no offense, JB, maybe getting a little bit too excited um, after the way they finished the season. Um, you know, the win at Kentucky was good, but they really needed a goal line sand at the end to win it. Um, they put up a lot of yards against Missouri, but it was still a close game. Um, they didn't handle Vanderbilt quite as well as, you know, maybe they should have. Um, so, I mean, I, I just think it was maybe more – Tennessee did get their shit together a little bit down the stretch, but it also helped that they weren't really playing any teams very good. So, um, you know, I, I definitely I definitely think that, uh, you know, maybe we're getting a little bit too ahead of ourselves with Tennessee being, like, you know, good now and all the, all the bad stuff is behind them. Um, but – no, I never, I never did say Tennessee was good. You can roll back the last two minutes. I never said they were good, but they did win all okay. those. They did. All right, win all excuse me. Games. All right. Yeah. All they right, Jimmy. They suck. Oh, they all right. suck. Uh, but I do think that it is a good matchup for Tennessee. As far as like you know who they could have gotten matched up with, I think it's a better matchup than Virginia Tech or Michigan. I'm not trying to disrespect Indiana, but I mean. I, I guess you can look at Tennessee's history. They've blown out three Big Ten teams in the past, you know, what, five or six years. All and they've non-big name teams. And, yeah, Nebraska, they, I guess and Indiana's not a big name either. Iowa's kind of a big name. Not a big name. Nebraska, but actually. Iowa's respected in the Big Ten. Uh, they beat Nebraska, right? They beat Nebraska, yeah. and they beat Northwestern. Yeah. It was like 10-2 yeah. and two in that year. But besides the point. I think like, this game's going to come Indiana. down to uh, – I think this game's going to come down to Garantano. Um, if Garantano has a good game then I feel like Tennessee's chances of winning are really good. But if Garantano struggles like he has at times throughout the season, then I think Tennessee's really in trouble. I agree. I mean, I do think Garantano is going to be a deciding factor. But I I, I do think um, if I, I, I'm going to be picking Tennessee. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But I do think that Tennessee matches up really well with Indiana. And like I'll reiterate, it was the best match that they could have gotten out of all the possibilities. And, you know, hopefully that'll hold true with what how I feel about it. My least favorite game to talk about is the Capital One Orange Bowl with Florida and Virginia. Just because I think Florida is going to blow out Virginia. And I just, I mean, I don't know. Virginia just doesn't excite me at all as a team to play against. Um, JB's agreeing with me because I can <laughs> see him nodding. And you can't see that hole, but just no, he's nodding. Oh, are you at all excited about this game? I'm sure you'll watch it, but are you excited about it? Uh, No, not at all. I don't. I mean, there's really no reason to be excited about this game. Uh, Virginia, you know, yeah, they've won nine games, but it hasn't necessarily been an impressive season. Um, it's, you know, Florida is a much better team. Um, Todd Grantham is really going to get after the quarterback Perkins for Virginia. 
Um, and I just expect Florida's offense to have a big game. And I, I just don't – I mean, I hate to say there's no way Virginia wins this game, but I just – I really feel comfortable with Florida in this one. I feel like they're going to win this game very easily. Yeah, to put a perspective on the Bowl Mania contest, Florida, I picked them with the confidence of 40 out of 41. So that tells you how confident I am in this game and how bored I am about this game. Who is 41? 41. Uh, I'm not going to give that away, but did, they, did, so. did, did they already? Oh, yeah, you, can, you can change. JB, did they already lose? Is that why you don't want to say it? <laughs> no, no, they did not already lose. But um, was it Miami? It's definitely. It's, it's, I'm not going to tell you who my 41 is, but I did just give away who my 40 was out of 41. That's a good one. Well, I think I think this game was uh, like one of the most confident top games five confidence. Yeah. My uh, 41 was App State, which was kind of scary, yeah. by the way, because they – That was my 39, I believe. Or 30. It was actually 38 for me. UCF was 39. Uh, well, I, I will I will go ahead and admit that my 41 is already lost, but that's because I, oh. I always make my 41 the uh, the Celebration Bowl because I know no one else makes a high confidence for that game. And I feel like if, <laughs> if the team I pick wins that game, then I have, like, a huge advantage over everyone. But the last, like, three years in a row I've lost it, so I'm starting to think that maybe that's not the best strategy. That that game is always like a confidence of less than five for me because I do not know shit about any of those two teams. Well, that, that, so that's I what I say because because I know that if I win that game, that I have a significant advantage over everyone else, like everyone else in the pool, it's because no good. no one else is going to put high confidence for that game. It's definitely a strategy, and I can respect it. The Oklahoma State Texas A and M. Uh, the JB Bowl is what I call it. The Academy Sports Outdoors Bowl. <laughs> Texas Bowl, excuse me. My alma mater. Yeah, your alma mater. I got two gift cards. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, go shop at Academy Sports. Yeah. Definitely uh, get your goods at a cheaper price. Hey, I'll be there this week. <laughs> Oklahoma State and A&M. Oklahoma State's number 25. But, hold, if they if Texas A&M doesn't get their shit together against Oklahoma State, then I don't even know what the hell they're even recruiting top five classes for anymore. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I love Mike Gundy as a coach. Um but I just – I like Texas A&M's defense. Um, Oklahoma State's defense has been terrible this year, one of the worst in the country. Um, so, I really expect Kellamon to have a big game. And, uh, you know, I expect Texas A&M to really get the running game going and kind of control the pace, keep Oklahoma State's offense off the field. And then I also expect Mike Elko to have a really good game plan. And um, I expect this – you know, I, I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, maybe uh, not low scoring, but maybe lower scoring than Oklahoma State fans are used to. And um, but I like Texas A&M to control uh, the tempo a little bit more and uh, kind of control the game. Yeah, um, I like Oklahoma State's offense. They're they're fun to watch, but um, A&M should should win this game. They they're supposed to. They're like, good lord, just win a freaking game that matters. It's not that hard. Um, last but not least, Holt Smash and JB is the Mississippi State Louisville game, and this is the new rivalry hole between Mississippi State and Louisville. They played what in football a couple years ago, in baseball and in women's basketball. NIT, women's basketball. Yeah, they played in the NIT and uh, men's basketball a couple years ago too. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah, two years ago. Now, hey, I hate Louisville as a Memphis fan. They just they don't hate us back. That's the problem. They used to, but not anymore. Yeah, but uh, you know, like we alluded to earlier, Mississippi State starting quarterback Schrader out of this game, um, and they're going to have to go with Tommy Stevens, who you know, like we said, is a, a fifth year senior. Um, he's been in Moorhead's offense for pretty much his entire career. So uh, he's played a decent amount this year. So it's not like, you know, I guess the worst case scenario, but definitely not what you want to see. Um, and Mississippi State has just been very inconsistent this year, and we really have no idea what to expect. Um, well, what's the status on Keaton? Is he still there? Yeah, like, I mean, he's going to be the backup on Saturday, on uh, Monday when the game is played. So um, is, is there, he, he did. He, he caught a pass in the egg bowl. Did you not see that? No. Yeah, he called it. But I mean, he, 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 yeah, he, they brought him in and put him in the backfield and they threw him like a swing pass. Is, uh, is his status, he's going to transfer after this year still? I mean, that's what everybody's assuming. I don't, he hasn't made any declaration yet, but I would assume that's the case. Um, do you know how good of a coach Satterfield is, Holt? I mean, I think, I think he's a good coach. I think Louisville's really turned it around this year. They were a complete dumpster fire last season, they lost a lot of guys to transfer. Um, and then, you know, some guys are graduation as well. So um, what he's done there this year has been pretty impressive. Um, you know, the one thing that I look at in Mississippi State's favor is definitely um, the rush yards allowed by Louisville. They're one of the worst rush defenses in the country. 
And obviously Mississippi State is going to look to run the ball with Colin Hill and uh, Tommy Stevens in this one. And um, if they're able to get the running game going, then, you know, should be a, should be a good offensive performance for Mississippi State. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think bowl games come down to two things. Number one is motivation. Number two is coaching. Um, I think motivation you know, could kind of be a draw. I think it could kind of go either way. And I think coaching kind of leans towards Louisville. Um, not that Satterfield's like an amazing coach, just that, you know, uh, Jim Moore is kind of a fucking idiot. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's um, yeah, sort of how I'm feeling thing, right now. Yeah. The only thing I'll add is that this game was the hardest for me to pick of all the SEC bowl games in the SEC bowl slate. I mean, this is definitely Holt's baby this game, but for me, like when I was doing my analysis on this game, like I, I kept trying to uh, correct myself constantly when I would make, when I would swing one way, like, nah, I don't know about that. Blah, blah, blah. Louisville's better here. I don't know. You know, Mississippi State's better over here. So like I, I kept going back and forth. This was definitely one of my lower confidence games. How many sacks would Willie Gay have to get hold for you to forgive him for punching Schrader? I mean, I don't know if I necessarily need to forgive him. I mean, I don't really know what happened. Um, for all I know, Schrader was being like a total dick and had it coming. I really have no idea. Um, I really like Willie Gay. I really like watching him play and hope things work out because if he comes back next year, then that's obviously huge for the defense. Um, so I hope whatever it is gets resolved and gets worked out. Um, you know, Willie Gay has also played better this year than Garrett Schrader, and he's only played in like three and a half games. Um, so, uh, you know, Willie Gay is probably the best player on the team. So, um, I don't think it really comes down to how many sacks he needs to get because when he's on the field, he's going to impact the game. And he actually was practicing today. So they're acting like, uh, you know, Jim Moore had said in the post game or post practice press conference today that no players were going to be suspended. So um, I, well, I guess, I guess Willie Gay is going to be playing. That's the sign of like saying, him saying like, I need to win. Almost like I need to win this fight. game. I got, I got to have some momentum from this win going into off season and build some goodwill because I know that next year my ass is on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, according to JB, Willie Gay is going after this year, so I won't have him back. Yeah. Yeah. JB's got he's JB's gone. got the inside he source. He gone. He gone. Um, that's the final bowl game for SEC games. Um, anything else you want to add, Holt? Um, let me see. Well, you know, you asked me about food earlier, and I knew I was going to leave some stuff out, but I did want to mention I did tweet this out from the SEC Slow Smoked account. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, I did. But we had some – Ice cream from the Penn State, I guess, uh, creamery um, that they made up there in, you know, ha- not Happy Valley, but uh, State, State College. College. And um, very, very good ice cream, probably some of the best that I've ever had. It was like, it was like butter popcorn flavor with like white chocolate flakes in it. Uh, it's called the Whiteout. And it was probably some of the best ice cream I've ever eaten in my life. So, um, Definitely recommend that it is officially SEC. Do you order it? Approved. Can you, you get some? Can you get Brad to ship us some to uh, our address in East Memphis? Possibly. I don't know. I'm not sure how. I'm not yeah. sure how he got it. I think someone shipped yes, it to yeah. him. Ask Brad to ship us some cookies and cream for our services here at Slow Smoked. I would really appreciate it. Well, you got to get the whiteout flavor. That's the whole point. How about we ship both whiteout and cookies and cream? Are you buying it? Yeah, I'll I'll buy it. I also want some sticky buns sent from uh, State College as well. I've never had a sticky bun. Oh, you've had a sticky bun, all right. I, I think uh, Jamie's making his order right now, Hole. So I don't know if you have a pen and paper, but you might want to write this one down. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, get your pen and paper. Yeah, I'll tell Brad to get right on that. I'm sure he's really excited. Yeah, stick, sticky buns for sure. I, I definitely want some sticky buns. Yeah, I had banana pudding and. Some kind of like chocolate, basically like chocolate hostess cake is what it was with a cream filling on the inside. It was pretty good. Yeah. Also had some chocolate pound cake. That was really good. We just got so much food. Like it's insane. We even had like pecan pie that we never even like cut into. Will there be a chance you bring some back? Well, I'm flying, so no. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's okay, sir. I got food. I'll give you some if you just let me through. TSA. <laughs> Yeah, if you notice that, like, they start saying that now, they're like, do you have any food in your bags? And it's like, man, that's none of your damn business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I guess I guess that's why you're headed there for there. You're flying somewhere. That's what happens. Saw that in the lobby. Right, I... two and two together. Yeah. 
Yep, 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 yep. Um, I think that might be conclude our SEC Slow Smoke Bowl Preview podcast. We'll have an, another one after the bowl games. Kyle might want to say some things. You, you got a few words to say, Kyle? Yeah, I got some good All stuff. All right, Kyle's got some good stuff. Here we go. Go ahead, Kyle. Let it out. All right, so here's Kyle from the M-Town, you know, guest speaker. And uh, as Alex said earlier, I'm not a big fan of LSU, but I got to say I'm predicting them to go all the way and win it all because uh, I really like Joe Burrow. He's got the highest rating against the AP top 25 teams, along with the most passing yards and touchdowns. So I think we're, it should be a good matchup between him and Oklahoma. I know Jalen Hurts got the experience playing at, at Alabama before that, but I still think Joe Burrow is going to bring it, especially with his dad being a former player. And a real good coach giving him advice and everything. So, anyway, we'll see how this goes. It should be a good uh, playoff and everything. That is Kyle from M Town with the breakdown <laughs> of Joe Burrow. I think, I think that's that's gonna be his new name, Kyle from M Town. <laughs> Sounds like a like a person on the Chappelle Show or something, or Key and Peele. When they're like going through and like the I, roll call, and I assume we're not doing rapid fire picks um, unless Holt wants to. Well, I, mean, I feel like we pretty much gave our picks for all the games. Yeah. Like we yeah. pretty much have. Holt, are you gonna enjoy wearing that Tennessee hoodie? I mean, well, we gotta wait for all the games then before we can say anything. Well, I know what kind of lead I had going into it. What I was, I was up by two games, right? <laughs> the, nope. Let me pull that up for you. I'll get the stats. It definitely was not. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.